This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You you can hit a mistake a long way. It's it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. That is half true today. Good morning and welcome to the Paul Mahler Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Jack Morris not here today. He uh, is gone for a very good reason. Paul Molitor is here today. And, Paul, uh, we're going to we're gonna start with that. First of all, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning to you. Another nice day here. Yeah, it's been it's a great run. Weekend. Yeah. Great, great run of weather. Got a good pitching matchup. No place we'd rather be than at the ballpark It's going to be a good day today. Where's, uh, where's Mr. Morris? He is leading a parade on the opening day of the Highland Park Little League. I remember the Highland Park Little League. <laughs> well, I actually played in it one year, but uh, good for Jack. Now, see, you played in the Highland Park Little League one year more than Jack did because Jack told me he did not actually play in Highland Park until he was a little bit older. Now, where was your Little League? You would have been on the other side of town. Uh, right? I, yes, uh, for the people on the St. Paul side, I played at Linwood Park for a while, and then I was down at Oxford Playground. So, uh, yeah, but I did the Highland Recreation, yeah. Groveland Highland Recreation Association I did participate in, so... Good for Jack. You probably still got that jersey somewhere, right? I don't know about that, yeah. <laughs> it's changed a little bit, though, huh, hasn't it? I mean, and this is one of the beauties of this show is you at, you get grilled twice a day every day about the details of that day's game. We get a chance to kind of wander a little bit. But now that Ben's playing and he's sure. off doing his he's got the bat bags and he's got the shirts and the name. A little different than when it's, you first it's, started. It, huh? You know, we were happy if we got a T-shirt, and now they got, <laughs> they, they, got the, they got the full unis and they got road jerseys and different caps. It's it, it's changed, but, but good for the kids they have a lot of fun. you probably played for like fred's hardware store or Ray's dairy <laughs> or you know something like always that. always had the sponsor on there somewhere yeah right? and we uh our, our old little league pictures back in montana everyone's wearing jeans it's all blue jeans and a t-shirt it's uh, and a, and an awkward looking hat so uh yeah it's changed a little bit so that's where jack is he is at highland park little league and certainly a great day for those kids uh and as they kick off their season your season is more than kicked off but we have really been in a tumultuous little stretch of baseball here with a lot of different roster moves forced uh, by different situations, and I want to start there on a personal level for you mm-hmm. because everybody can look at numbers and rosters and understand that, that moves need to be made and that they're part of, of how this business works. But on a personal level, man, that's probably about the worst part of your job. Uh, you've known a Danny Santana since he was 16, 17 yeah. years of age. You, you've known Kyle Gibson forever. He's he's pitched a lot of big innings for you. You know Michael Tonkin a long time. Sure. Personally, that can't be a whole lot well, of fun. Well, I, I appreciate you recognizing that. I, I think that... You know, on the outside, you look in and you see that the club's trying to do what's best, and sometimes you're forced to make decisions according to you know where you're at with the roster and injuries and all those type of things. But you do you do build relationships with people, and uh, you know over and above performance and baseball, um, people first. And so it's tough when you have to be the the bearer of of news that might be a little uh, disconcerting and. 
even confusing at times, uh, but you try to uh, be empathetic to them and um, paint the picture as well as making sure that you express your gratitude for uh, what each of those three men that you talked about have done for our organization and, and uh, knowing that you'll cross paths somewhere down the road and, and try to encourage them that this could be a good thing, you know, whether it's Kyle Gibson returning or you know, Danny Landing with another club, possibly Michael. Uh, but to bring those guys in, obviously, three days in a row, it was, it's been an emotional three days as far as that goes. And there are so many variables beyond the players' control. Obviously, they can control how they perform. If they perform really well, right. then, then you're okay. But whether it's a 40-man guy who's injured and can't be called up to fill a need or, sure. or something that happens beyond their control, there's a lot of collateral damage. Yeah, there, there is collateral damage. And, and uh, it speaks more to the personal side. But, you know, they have families, and, you know, you're up up heaving them and and they're having to work out all the logistics and that's fine because we live a great life and you have to make a lot of sacrifices but uh we'll see how it shakes out you know we got uh Haley back today um not a perfect world where he only had one outing down there but um you know he's back and he's fresh and he's ready to go today so that was kind of the need that we had to address with michael's designation yesterday all right so haley is back uh after uh, pitching one very good inning at, at, at rochester uh any other news before we take our first break and whether or not danny's been claimed or what are the timeline on something for danny and for michael uh i haven't heard anything this morning um i i would imagine some of those things if they do unfold as far as these guys landing with other clubs and Danny and Michael's case, we'll, we'll probably find out sooner than later, but I would expect it probably not to be today. All right. Well, we took you all the way from the innocence of Little League to the uh, brutality of Major League Baseball there in one segment. We'll come back and talk about happier things and talk more about baseball. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killer Root Beer on your home for Clint Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. I, w- I want to start with the good stuff here today after we uh, we opened with, with, with some of the, the logistics. Uh, Urban Santana, Chris Sale. And uh, if you like pitching, you like baseball, get to the ballpark, grab a radio, grab a television. Uh, it's going to be fun. These are guys who are we're both pitching very, very well. I always ask Danny this question. He says the night before is a hitter. You're fired up. You can't wait. If, if, if you really want to be the best, you've got to face guys like this. Were you like that as a hitter when you knew that you were going to face a, a true ace the next day? Were you fired up to get to the ballpark? You know, I, I think particularly as a young player, you know, I, I was always one who kind of at least, you know, in the back of my mind looked ahead to, you know, rotation matchups when I knew we'd be going to Boston and New York and you're a young player and playing in those famous stadiums, and then you'd face the likes of, you know, Guidry or Tiant or whoever it might be. You know, you'd mark those days down in the back of your mind. I think as you get older, you're still aware of those things, but you kind of a little more businesslike about, you know, okay, uh, this is going to be fun, but you try to you stay a little bit more present. But at a game like today, you know, it's, it's early on in the season, but, you know, sales been dominant for multiple seasons and Irvin's been good at times and really good at others and right now he's as good as anybody so you got a a nice matchup with I think currently the number one and two guys in ERA in the American League and it'll probably end up 10 to 9. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you don't know what's going to happen that's what's the great thing about our game. They do it in very different ways obviously Irvin has been coolly efficient uh, he works with a great tempo. Sales a guy who can throw a ball through a, a brick wall, right. and he can strike you out at any any point in time. This club and, and a lot of the guys that you maybe will be able to put in your lineup today have had some success against Sale for whatever reason. They don't like to talk about it, uh, and I understand why, but sure. but they have had some success, which is more 
than most of the league can say. Yeah, uh, you know, I, especially a couple of years ago, I think we faced him like six or seven times, and, and we had a good year against him. Um, I, I understand, like you do, that they don't want to talk about it because you don't want to, you know, put the old hex on something that seems to be going in your direction. But I, I don't think anybody ever gets overly comfortable when you got Chris Sale on the mound. And, and uh, you know, potentially today, you know, Dozier not being in the lineup who's done well against him um, – Bucks did maybe not so well early, but a little bit better last year. So, you know, these are these are questions we still have to answer as we approach game time. But, you know, if you can find a way to score some runs off this guy and Irvin does his thing, that's that's going to be your best chance. But I'm sure Sale's very, uh, very aware of his history with our club, too, and that might be extra motivation. There's that old adage, too. If you don't get a guy like that early in a ball game, or if you squander a chance sure. early in a ball game, he's just going to get better. If you... Would you agree with that? Have you seen that play out over all your time in the game? I, I think, guys, with these, with this type of stuff and these type of resumes, they're Cy Young contenders every, each and every year, that they do have a way of starting to be able to, to sniff wins. You know, if they can somehow get through those first couple of innings somewhat unscathed, that obviously, especially if their club gives them a lead, they know how to pitch and they know how to protect those type of games. So that'll that'll be part of the challenge depending on what happens early. You touched on Brian Dozier, and we don't know at this point. We're talking uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. He, he took a nasty turn with the ankle, uh, trying to get the swelling down. But right. one thing it highlights is really how different it is to fill out a lineup when you can't put him at, at the top of it and you're shuffling some parts uh, around. It's almost like you don't – I know you do, but you don't, sure. you don't fully think about it until you're forced to think about it. Well, you know, obviously, and it, no disrespect to the other people, there, there are certain guys that leave bigger voids when they're not available. And Brian at the top has been a staple for us here in the early stages this year. And last year we all know the type of season that he has. So – uh, but, you know, I, I think that's a challenge for the other guys. To, uh, you know, it's not like you have to do more, but you want guys to go in there and be able to be, uh, you know, replacements that, that can help us try to find a way to win the game today. So um, I'm looking at a couple different options with the lineups, depending on if Byron's going to be able to go or not, and, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. And now I know, again, Byron, we're going to wait on. He felt a ton better yesterday, told me just sure. in casual conversation that, he felt like he could go. Now, what a player feels like and what a doctor feels right. like sometimes are different. But he did go through some drills yeah. yesterday, which is a good thing. Well, he's, I, I think he was he was definitely available yesterday in terms of pinch running or maybe a little bit of defense. And today, I know that's still the case. It's just a matter if he's good enough to, to get a start today. And I do have to say about Brian as a, as a little bit of an afterthought, I mean, for him to continue to play the other night and, and how swollen and discolored that ankle was yesterday, um, that was pretty amazing when I reflected on that. So... Uh, we're trying to be patient with him to see if he's possibly available, uh, maybe even today, but more likely uh, sometime next week, and, and we can avoid the DL situation with him. I'm glad you pointed out he made that play to his left in the ninth inning, and he had a long way to go, and it bobbled it and still got the out. He's doing it on one leg. Yeah, he was basically doing that when, you, when we took a look at that uh, ankle after. It was a pretty common sprain, and that was just you know on, on the lateral side, and you get the typical swelling and discoloration, but... We'll see how he comes along. They can do a lot of good things with uh, uh, the rehab people now that, that expedites those processes. That's Paul Molitor, expedites. We, don't, we haven't used that word a lot <laughs> on this show. Expedites. We'll expedite our way to a break. We'll come back with more. It's the Paul Molitor Show on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Chris Atterbury, and you're listening to the Paul Molitor Show on Go 96.3. Now, it's an official Paul Molitor show now because the real producer is uh, is in the studio. Betty's here. 
Uh, it's brought to you by Killer Roof, your made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Jack Morris is parading around the Highland Park Little League. I might be wearing his old jersey. I'm not sure. And Paul Molitor is here in studio anticipating uh, a rubber match between the Minnesota Twins uh, and the Boston Red Sox here today. And I, I want to talk about a couple of your offensive guys before uh, banging into the walls and, and, and having the, the issues in the outfield physically. Byron Buxton was on a nice little tear at the plate. And Eddie Rosario uh, really had seemed to find himself at the plate as well. What difference does that make in your lineup when you get those two guys in the bottom third uh, able to get on base with uh, some sense of regularity? Well, I, th- I think it's a, it's a significant difference when you do have more balance. Uh, you know, Byron's struggles early were well, well documented, and he seemed to at least get to a point where his at-bats started to look more normal. Uh, you know, results are still going to be hit and miss, as they are for most players. But, you know, he, he gives us a chance to turn out over the lineup with uh, a potential to score some runs. You don't want to be limited to where you only feel where your lineup gets around to a certain place that you're going to have chances offensively. And with Rosie, um, obviously he's really trying hard to, you know, improve his overall game, uh, base running, defense. He, we know he's solid, but his at-bats, whether it's been left or right, he's been finding ways to do a little bit better job of keeping the ball in the zone. He still doesn't have a ton of walks and those type of things, but I, I think he's using counts in situations uh, so far, a lot more effectively. We saw that one flashback to 2015. He, he had a double, I think, into left field on a ball that probably would have been a right-handed batter. <laughs> yeah. And then yesterday he swung at one that was – he pulled it foul. It was a high heater. And I think it might have been just a tip over the top of his helmet. But, uh, you know, those, are, those have been not nearly as common as we've seen in the past. How much of a difference can Kenny Vargas be if you could plant the big man as a power source? You've got a lot of different types of, of, of hitters, but as a pure power source, as some protection behind Miguel in your well, life. Well, I, I think it's, you know, uh, to have a threat there. We, we certainly have tried different methods of protecting Miguel as hot as he's been in the early stages. Uh, to have a threat there is, is obviously a good thing in case they decide to pitch around Miguel. Uh, and with Kenny, you know, to be honest with you, it's like a lot of our guys. I, I look for opposing pitcher matchups that are conducive to things that he can do with the bat. And, you know, sometimes they're going to be a little tougher matchups, and you might see Grossman or other people uh, filling the DH role or whatever it might be. But, you know, to have him as an option, uh, knowing that he can drive the baseball the way he can and hit it as far as he can, it's, it's a nice situation for myself. Speaking of nice situations, uh, when Joe hit the home run the other night, to win the ball game, you've known Joe forever. I don't know. I've known him a decade. I don't know. I've ever seen him more relaxed and genuinely happy and and joyous as he was rounding first base. There was a there was just this little glimpse yeah. of 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 truly uh, I don't know joyous Joe Mauer rounding first base. Well, a, a couple of things. You know, I I hadn't realized that he never hit a walk off homer. Um, there's probably a lot of guys that haven't. But we, when you think when a guy's played as much as he has, maybe it had happened along the way. But to see that raw emotion uh, from Joe, um, it wasn't over the top, but it was real. And I'm sure it felt really good. I mean, you know, you, you hit a walk-off homer in a game that you just relinquished the lead in the ninth inning. Uh, one, one of the other things that was really fun for me to watch was Miguel's reaction <laughs> as the on-deck hitter. You know, it wasn't about, you know, I, didn't, I, I wanted to be the guy or I didn't get a chance. It was, I mean, he was jumping around like a five-year-old. You know, He was so excited for our team, first and foremost, and, of course, for Joe. And I, I think those type of things, they, they speak well of, of the guys are putting their name to the side and they're looking at the name 
the Twins. So. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Miguel really from drop of the hat this year, and with the production obviously is there, and it's easier to smile when you're being productive, but he has been that combination of the joyous five-year-old yeah. and a more focused, mature player pretty much for the bulk of the season, and that's a point that, that every young player hits at a different at a different sure. stage. Well, I, I think that he has really done well in, in that area. I think last year he got a lot of attention for maybe not all the right reasons, and he was aware of that, and I think he's really tried to, you know, uh, not only how he's played, but how he has spoke post-game. He's gotten a Player of the Week award. He's done some really, you know, high-end major league type player things early on here and his answers are always about you know he redirects to the other people in the locker room and what we're trying to do collectively and you know if we can continue to help establish that type of culture in our clubhouse it's going to bode well awesome well said that's paul molitor let's step aside one final segment when we return it's the paul molitor show it's brought to you by killabrew root beer get some it's made in minnesota how memories are created and legends are made and oh by the way it tastes great on a warm sunday at the ballpark back in a moment on your home for Twins baseball Killer Root Beer brings you the Paul Molitor Show every single week. Uh, check with your local affiliate. Uh, I know we are uh, talking in the 9 o'clock hour, but we'll air at 11.30 here in the Metro. Paul Molitor, kind enough to make some time every Sunday morning. Again, brought to you by Killer Root Beer. And, Paul, it's the uh, Twins and the Red Sox today. It's remarkable how close this all-time series is. It's practically deadlocked after over, over 600 games. This is a good Red Sox team. That's not a newsflash. And, They've got the top-end pitching when the Cy Young Award winner is like mm-hmm. your fourth starter. Uh, <laughs> one thing they don't have this year is David Ortiz. And it is a a palpable difference. In a lineup chock full of really talented and dangerous hitters still, it's very different not seeing big number 34 playing in the middle. Yeah, you know, we all you know know David for a long time and, and you know, heading to Cooperstown and all those type of things. But uh, it's a little bit different look. It doesn't mean that they're not – going to be one of the high-end offensive teams in the game because they are. They have that many good players, talented, young. They do have some veterans sprinkled in there. Uh, but, you know, he's done a lot of damage against the Twins over the past several years, uh, David has. So uh, that that's one good thing that's working in our favor. But, you know, I think just the game in general misses a character like that, especially um, everything they did on and off the field for the game. The one young guy, again, they've got so much talent, whether it's Mookie Betts, whether it's Ben Attendee, Xander Bogarts has, you know, the last 11 games against the Twins, eight games of three hits or more. Is, is you guys still that? searching through the book to figure how out that? how to get that guy out? You know, it's funny because you, you think that you, you look at what he's doing and pitches that he's hitting and how to go about it, and, you know, you can throw it out the window once you fall behind the guy because then you got to throw it over. And he just does a good job of spraying the ball around. He's got very, very good bat quickness if you try to come in, and he certainly can cover you. He takes that one-handed swing on those sliders away and dumps them into the outfield. Uh, he likes hitting here in target field. You know, he's, he's uh, last year, this year, he's just found a way. But that lineup, even without David Benintendi, certainly one of our emerging young stars, and Betts, of course, in the MVP hunt last year, Ramirez, they, they have a lot of really good hitters. And the one guy that uh, commands respect, I think, around the league. Certainly, uh, I, I will turn out to, to see what he's up to as Dustin Pedroia, and he just continues to be, in many ways, what a baseball player yeah. should be. Well, you know, I every once in a while I get asked about guys that, you know, you talk about players around the league that you really admire and have a lot of respect for. He's right at the top for me. Uh, you know, the way he's going about it, being a leader and playing the game the right way. Um, and, you know, he's he's still playing at a high level. And, 
Uh, he, he'll, he'll hit first, he'll hit third, he'll hit fourth. He can do a lot of things, kind of like Dozier does for us. But, you know, he's going to be into every pitch every day. Now, and did, is it true, I'm trying to remember, did Farrell end your hitting streak? Or were you in on, on the on-deck yeah. circle? What was no, the No, no, uh, yeah, John Farrell, he uh, uh, pitched a game where my streak ended way back uh, some, I don't know how many years ago. But he uh, he was a young starter. It might have been his first big league start because he had been a reliever, and I think he got a spot start in the I, Shut me down 0 for 4. So <laughs> it ended at 39, so we'll always be connected in that way. Yeah, so you you, get, you owe him a little bit. Yeah. Quickly, uh, we got a little over a minute. I know you were working on a couple different lineups at this point, but some of the folks you, you might have an ink yet? Uh, you know, we're trying to get as many righties as we can in there. Good chance Adrian's will be in there. Um, you know, with Dozier not playing, Gross will probably lead off. The only th- question mark today will be uh, whether Byron's going to play or put Kepler back in center field. Jimenez is going to catch today, too. So uh, we'll shape it up here, hopefully in the near term, and get an answer on Byron and put together something that gives us a chance to win the series today. All right, let's hope we get some of your kids out of the uh, out of the trainer's room and healthy again, and uh, we look forward to a fun day today and a great week of baseball ahead. Sounds good. All, All right. right. Paul Molitor, as always, here on the Paul Molitor Show with some great insight and information and sharing some memories as well, dating back to the Highland Park Little League. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Now, we've got a lot more coming up for you uh, all day long here across our network. Just after noon, Corey Provis will be in this room with Derek Falvey. They'll, I'm sure, be talking about a lot of the things Paul and I discussed in terms of options at AAA, the injury list at AAA mounting, some of the different and very difficult roster decisions that have been forced upon the Twins over the course of the last couple of days. That's coming up at noon at 12.30. It's your pregame lineup card. Neil Allen will chat about Urban Santana, and we'll hear from Brad Style on our minor league player of the week. And then, of course, baseball. If you like pitching, you might want to turn up for this one because Urban Santana versus Chris Sale is one to watch. It's the Twins. It's the Red Sox right here on your home for Twins Baseball.